0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the big show, The Great America Show. Great to have you with us on today's edition, featuring, as it does every single day, truth, justice, and the American way. Let's begin with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky asking, begging for more equipment and supplies and weapons for his troops for the Ukrainian resistance who've defended their homeland with valor and resilience and shocked most of the world who believed it would all be over for Ukraine within a few days, perhaps a couple of weeks, when Putin ordered Russian troops to invade. It's now almost 50 days since the invasion began and the Ukrainians fight on. Their toughness and their fierce determination turn back the Russians from their assault on the Ukrainian capital of Kiev. Unquestionably, a defeat for Putin and his military, and a costly defeat at that. Perhaps 20, maybe 30,000 Russians killed. But the war goes on. No one, no leader in Europe or America, or for that matter, Russia, has much chance of swaying Putin from his bloody, devastating course. Neither NATO or Biden have, it seems, any idea how to stop or to slow the Russian attacks while the West ships more weaponry and warplanes to the Ukrainians. And Biden's mishandling of the war hasn't helped him or his party in the polls, to say the least. While the Senate and House will be taking off most of the rest of the year to campaign, Both parties are well aware of poll numbers that spell big trouble for Democrats in both chambers. Strategists say they expect perhaps historic losses for the radical Dems who chose this midterm election year to go hard left and follow their Marxist impulses and imperatives to what looks like an electoral disaster in November. I'm unaware of a single Democrat who's begging President Biden to come to a state or a district to help them win their election. Quite the opposite. Biden is radioactive. He's responsible for the worst inflation in more than 40 years. Americans don't think he's fit to be in the White House. Seventy percent of Americans say the country's headed in the wrong direction and they hate his border and immigration policies. And as a result, his poll numbers have absolutely collapsed. And the same for the generic dim running for re-election. In short, The Biden White House overreached with its hardcore leftist executive orders and policies, and nothing in the Biden agenda is working. Nothing. And then on one of his rare days outside Washington, Biden was in Iowa pushing his ethanol plan that will boost farmers, but then tried to link Biden inflation to Putin once again, and the reaction was swift. A bird appeared to have pooped on his left lapel, and that wrapped up another Biden mess. Some will say it's karma, others that it's generalized ineptitude, and others that his impaired faculties are worsening. Whatever the cause or causes, the result is always, it seems, a mess. And another mess of immense proportions is awaiting the Democratic Party in November. Some political analysts and strategists say the Democrats could lose as many as 70 seats, but outcomes are always hard to predict some six to seven months out from an election. Our guest today is Attorney and Congresswoman Claudia Tenney of New York. She sits on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, House Small Business Committee, and is founder and co-chair of the Election Integrity Caucus. Congresswoman Tenney, it is great to have you with us on The Great America Show. Uh, I've wanted to talk to you for some time, and uh, I'm just delighted to have you on the show. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Well, it's just an honor to be on with the great Lou Dobbs. I was a big fan of yours for many years, even when you went from uh, CNN to Fox Business. So,
1: uh, you know, uh, truth, justice in the American way, and uh, fighting in the arena is good stuff. And so I feel very lucky. Let me turn to a, a number of things. Uh, You're you're uh, you've been uh, elected to uh, to the Congress from New York. Uh, New York is, in the eyes of most of the country, a rabid left wing blue state uh, that seems to embrace uh, Marxism uh, and everything socialist. Uh, What is your district like?
0: Well, that's New York City, and uh, we're kind of the rest of the state is actually pretty moderate and very red in some portions. Uh, When, uh, for example, Governor Cuomo wins, he only wins about five or six counties of the 62 counties in New York. Uh, So the rest of us are orphans out in the rest of the state, uh, being besieged by Albany and the the far-left policies, which have gone from from very left-wing progressive to very almost communist, really communist right now is what we're seeing in New York. So uh, the rest of New York, where so much prosperity has been throughout the many years... The Erie Canal was dug in my uh, congressional district, where we started the industrial revolution. The first oil and gas discovered in the United States was in uh, New York State, and many people don't know this is happening. What this is what New York is about. Uh, a lot of great companies. IBM was founded in my district, the oldest manufacturing uh, company, basic manufacturing company in the United States, known as Revere Copper, is actually in my district, is still operating. Uh, so Revere is started by Paul Revere. So uh, it's amazing what we've had and what we've lost. And the Empire State was the Empire State because we had, you know, all the leaders in industry, all the leaders in business here in this country, uh, in this state. And now so much of it, it has been gouged out uh, by a lot of globalist policies, a lot of liberal policies, and high taxes, high regulations. You know, just a lack of, of realistic uh, approach and really a hostile view toward anybody in uh, in business or anyone who seeks to make a profit or actually grow their wealth.
1: As, as a member of the Foreign Affairs Committee, I, I want to turn first to the Ukraine war, which we're told is going to intensify in the east. Putin is bringing greater power to bear uh, weaponry uh, against the Ukrainians in the Donbass region in the east. Uh, your thoughts about uh, what uh, the Ukraine situation is. You see it now.
0: Yes, well, I think the Ukrainians have stunned the world with their resiliency and, and willingness and ability to fight back against uh, Putin. And I, th- I think nobody expected that. And uh, including the United States, which was really very late as uh, President Biden was very late to really provide the lethal aid and also late to deter Putin's uh ingress into the ukraine for months and months putin was amassing troops on the border just saying oh we just have troops on the border it was never taken seriously by the biden administration and so the the reaction of the biden administration was sort of a wait and see instead of leading the world and making sure that we win this because if the ukrainians don't win uh, i it looks to me very uh similar to what happened in world war 3 world war 2 that we could have almost a world war 3 on our hands this incrementalism of you know, things just starting to move. Mm-hmm. And if Putin is successful and and this new uh, general that he's appointed, it's going to be as awful and gruesome as it was to watch what happened in Syria when Putin went in to help Assad decimate the Syrians. So I think that what the concern I have is that we're too late to the game. We have provided some lethal aid. Uh, it was late and very indecisive on the part of the Biden administration. Other countries have stood up. And obviously, because Ukraine is not uh, you know, a NATO country, it's been a little bit more complicated. But, uh, you know, where we are today, though, is really interesting. It comes down to something interesting, where Russia, Russia's greatest strength and their economic energy, their economic uh, engine is energy, is, you know, supporting oil and gas. And we still have not put crippling sanction sanctions on Russia's ability to sell oil and gas. Right. And the reaction of the Biden administration is this. Let's make everybody drive an electric car. Let's take away the dependency on oil and gas today, and then the Russians will have nothing to sell. Well, that is a 10, 20, 30-year plan that is not in place. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the reliability or of electrification. And it's interesting because Putin is actually the one who's been selling this sort of mythology of this green uh, energy is going to just, uh, you know, immediately supplant us. Uh, Back in 2014, it was discovered even, you know, by, uh, you know, Rasmussen, who was once the head of NATO, that the Russians were spending millions and millions, up to $100 million on a disinformation campaign, let me use the, you know, the Democrats term, to try to move the Europeans and the U.S. away from uh, the idea that they could use natural gas and then create this dependency on Russia. So Russia is still raking in the money. Uh, we aren't uh, opening up the Excel pipe, Keystone Pipeline. We aren't exploring responsible, safe gas drilling in places like my district in New York State, which has abundant natural gas. Uh, you know, whether it's the Utica and Marcellus Shell right in my own district or across the nation. And now they're they're actually just dragging these uh, oil and gas companies. Uh, over the coal saying, oh, they're just profiteers. And these are massive investments that come from these companies. And to say that we're going to cut you off in a couple of years is, you know, they have shareholders to respond to. And it's just a total economic illiteracy about how our system works. And Putin is taking advantage of it very smartly. And yet, you know, he's a brutal, murderous dictator who doesn't have to worry about the people in his his country, and they're not going to vote him out because they're getting propaganda fed to them. I know what it's like to have propaganda. I lived in a, in a communist country. Even though it wasn't a Soviet bloc country, there was still a, it was still a communist country of a sort back when I lived in Yugoslavia. So you're seeing this complex situation where the U.S., though they're acting now, we still haven't really cut Russia off where the sanctions are the most critical. And then the other interesting thing is while we're in this brutal uh, situation in Ukraine where a you know, a member of the, a permanent member of the UN Security Council is actually, who's, by the way, those five countries involved are supposed to be maintaining the world's peace and the world's security, you know, is bombing the hell out of a country right next door and trying to take it over. They're in the permanent, a permanent member of a, you know, it makes you wonder why we even have the UN anymore. And they're also the key negotiator in the Iran nuclear deal, which would, uh, would put, intimidate our neighbors and, and and uh, put fear in our neighbors over in, uh, you know, in the Middle East. And not that they're pushing uh, because of the Biden administration's fecklessness and weakness. They're pushing a lot of our allies to China, who is our greatest adversary and really our enemy And so in, in every way, really. And so it's just a complex situation where we cannot afford to have Ukraine lose at this point because the Chinese every day are gauging how we handle this crisis in Ukraine. They saw what a disaster and debacle and tragedy Afghanistan was, where 13 service right. members were needlessly killed. And Biden is still saying, I don't need to apologize. This was gonna happen anyway. I mean, I'm a mother of, an, of a Marine officer. For someone to say that, when my child has uh, answered the call to serve and ends up, you know, these families, we, we created 13 Gold Star families, and, and to have this complete, uh, you know, lack of empathy for these families, and now to go in and and not really know what he's doing in Ukraine, all of the fecklessness of, of President Biden, his meandering, his incompetence, you know, for decades on top of now the question about whether he's really got the, you know, the uh, mental faculties to do the job. All mm-hmm. of that is signaling to our enemies that we're not reliable. Uh, that we can't stand up to 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 Russia, and we can't stand up to China, and it's really put us in. I think one of the most devastating situations we've been in in many many years. I, I, I dare say since World War II.
1: And the the administration itself, the Biden administration seems to to boil down to this, at least for me. Uh, Joe Biden is impaired. Uh, the Ronnie Jackson, Congressman Ronnie Jackson, has now twice asked for a cognitive test. Uh, He has been rebuffed by the White House because they're not going to give a cognitive test to this president because they know what the results will be. President Trump, on the other hand, when the Democrats uh, snarkily uh, went after him to take a cognitive test, did so. And uh, passed it according to uh, uh, to Doctor Ronnie Jackson. Uh, You know, he he passed it with flying colors. And uh, Jackson, by the way, was doctor to three presidents in the White House and knows wherever he speaks. So it's it's a difficult situation. But this this man is a puppet, and people need to understand that about him. These aren't his ideas. This isn't his administration. It's the third term of. Barack Obama. And there is no doubt about it. And that uh, band of Marxist leftists uh, who were, were uh, put in a cabal to manage this little administration called the Biden White House, uh, they are having their way right now. The southern border is wide open. That The Biden administration right now is pro-fentanyl, It is pro-methamphetamines, it is uh, pro-heroin and cocaine, it is pro-sex trafficking, it is pro-illegal immigration, and it gives a damn about the fact that 150 countries, uh, illegal immigrants, are crossing what was once our border uh, with Mexico. It is stunning stuff, and to think that this administration continues without so much as a a response of any kind from the corporate owned national leftist media it is it is breathtaking.
0: And well, they're the, running they're running interference for them. I mean you point out I'm on Ronnie Jackson's letter, uh who Ronnie Jackson right. by the way, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, amazing guy, really strong patriot, really, really terrific. They're trying to take away his benefits. So it's it's just like having the propaganda Strong arm of the Democrat machine to break, you know, strike down anyone who has first met, you know, especially Ronnie Jackson speaking his mind about something. They're trying to take away his military retirement. He served as an admiral, served our country. And uh, this is what they do, though. They destroy anyone who dares to stand up to him. It's not just the corporate media. The corporate media empowers these Democrats who are running our government. And it's not all Democrats, it's the people in charge. And when you talk about, I mean, no, nobody. And I can't believe they haven't tried to hide this footage. No one could see more beautifully demonstrated and tragically, I might add, the footage of Obama's first appearance back in the White House with Joe Biden wandering aimlessly around all by himself and the rest of the Democrats swarming around President Obama. And then, you know, comments later by President Obama where he said, geez, you know, I wouldn't like to really go through the hassle of doing a third term, you know, typical Obama type statement, but I wouldn't mind having someone there in place to do the ceremony and I could control everything behind the scene. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's exactly what you have. They almost, they almost admitted it. And it's tragic to see that. And then to see the border, I mean, the, the border, you know, we are empowering and creating wealth in the cartels, not in the American people. The taxpayers are paying for all of this and we're paying for it, not just through money. You're going to see continued crime you're going to see the continuation of people. Anyone can come across the border now. And I don't know if you've seen the recent stories right in the Navy Yard uh, in, in Washington, D.C., which is just near the capital, not even a mile from the U.S. Capitol. We had undercover, uh, you know, so-called t- phony spies living in luxurious conditions with, sub, you know, automatic weapons and all kinds of in, inside resources working for the vice president and jill biden who were you know disguised as spies you know this story just broke a few days ago right in the right. navy yard i mean right. this uh, these people have no control over it we've been already overrun think about how many people would do harm to the american people whether they're russian spies uh spies from china from all over the world many of them are already here they can just walk across the southern border right now it's a joke
1: and 150 countries are represented in all of those uh, illegal crossings. Uh, two million, two million illegal immigrants. We don't know who they are. Uh, they, and of those 2 million in his first year in office, President Biden released 1.6 million into American society, as you well know. But what maybe our audience doesn't know is that when uh, next month, Title 42 is lifted, which is gives, that order gives the power uh, to the executive to remove illegal immigrants to Mexico or to their countries of origin. When that is dropped, the estimates are that we will see three and a half million more illegal immigrants into this country within the next year. That is transformational, and that is exactly what the Biden administration, uh, President Obama, uh, uh, and the cabal that surrounds him, the Marxist cabal, mean to happen. Because that will, because of redistricting and the, uh, and the importance of the census count, that will tip district after district, perhaps dozens of districts, toward the Democrats from which there will be no return.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is by design at the southern border. And I will, uh, I have visited the southern border. I went to the El Paso sector. Uh, mm-hmm. I also interviewed uh, Senator Roger Marshall, who is part of the Doctors' Caucus. And he went to the border. And I verified and looked up some of the CDC reports. It's not just COVID 19. That's the excuse that the Biden administration is using, saying, oh, there's no more COVID 19 because we decided there isn't. Uh, not because of science, by the way, uh, but there are so many other diseases coming across that border. Sure. They have t- detected mumps, measles in older people. In ca- there's cases of tuberculosis, HIV, AIDS, communicable diseases that have been eradicated or been resolved by, by American science and technology that are just people coming across this border and we can't do anything about it. And I went through the system of what, go- and, and many of the children have head lice. They get medical care. They have resources given to them. And all of this is done by the goodness of our border patrol who are being stretched and stressed beyond their abilities because there's so many people coming across the border. And they've been disrespected and demoralized by this administration and people like AOC. And yet they're doing heroic work Trying to to do what they can with this onrush of people coming across the border from all walks of life, and as you said, over 150 countries, uh, people with all kinds of intentions, whether good or not. Probably mostly not, because the minute you set foot across our border, you're committing a crime unless you're doing it legally. And then leaving all these people who I've known throughout my years, who are still waiting in line, waiting in line to become Mm -hmm. legal citizens of this country because they believe in freedom. And they, uh, and they understand it so well. They know if there is no United States where our Constitution upholds freedom and individual rights uh, and, the, and the ability to preserve that with, uh, with sovereign territories and borders, there's nowhere else to go. This is the last bastion of hope. And it's scary because the Democrats don't really care. And you know, if they say they care, they don't do anything about it, or they're so afraid of the far left challenging them in a primary that they won't stand up and they've allowed this administration to run amok and we've struggled to try to get them and a lot of the things that have happened with the Biden administration finally acted somewhat on the border which they do nothing or on Ukraine has become from a few bipartisan Democrats with most of the almost all the Republicans to push the administration to act because we're in such dire circumstances. And that, you know, we'll get to the election issue. I mean, that's a huge problem when you talk about what the Democrats are going to do with the election. And I say this to these Republicans who I think sometimes are very weak and very nonchalant about this issue after what I went through and what I've been through in an election process where I was just a lawyer, a newspaper owner and a business owner. You know, I told the truth about both sides, I didn't, you know, I did my my uh, level best to make sure that the the citizens who I represented in my newspaper were informed. Uh, is to the best I could do it without bias, and I am a Republican. But I went after the the sacred cows in both parties, which is why Good I always you. had the struggle. You know, I've had all this money spent. I've had, you know, f- forty seven million spent against me, but thirteen million of it was by Republicans to try to take me out and 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 not tell the truth. But well, that, I see this. I, go ahead.
1: I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm
0: going to get into that. Yeah, my big concern is so, this is what I'll let me let's get into that. Let me just say this is my biggest concern, and I'll tell you how I why I'm worried. The Democrats know the red wave is coming, they know they can't win on policy, they know they have to win by process and basically cheating. And they're doing everything they can right now, as much behind the scenes to make sure that red wave doesn't hit the shore. And I worry that the Republicans are not strong enough. And standing up and being very vocal on this issue because the Democrats are effectively silencing everyone by saying, oh, if you challenge the election or raise election integrity, you're immediately deemed an insurrectionist.
1: Or a racist.
0: Or racist. I mean, look at Hillary Clinton just a couple of days ago, I think it was yesterday, got up and said that she, you know, that Russia and Putin helped Trump win the 2016 election. Does that (laughs) make her an insurrectionist and a seditionist? You know, it's uh, the people have got it to wake up
1: hypocrisy. It makes her a liar, uh, yeah, and, well, a, not a, and a damn and a damn liar at that. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's time that the American people got used to some relatively direct and plain language, and, and because we are in a crisis, and no one really wants to admit the dimensions of it, whether it is an open border, whether it is a corporate media that is trying to herd all of America into a left wing Marxist corner. They're trying to destroy everything about this country. They're trying to destroy They've almost gotten it done. They're trying to destroy uh, public education in this country. We, there is nowhere you turn Congresswoman that there isn't a, 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 an elite guiding, if not owning uh, every sector of our economy, whether it's business, whether it's government, whether it's politics, whether it's education, whether it's universities and colleges or K through 12, uh, whether it's media, uh, whether it's even the the upper echelons of our military, the woke left-wing military, for crying out loud. Uh, It is, I I think, I have to say that this is the damnedest point that I thought we would ever reach uh, in the course of my, uh, my lifetime. It's impossible, I think, for most people to even believe what they they feel and what they see. Your
0: yeah, thoughts? you're exactly right. And here's the cute concern I have about just my role as a former lawyer, newspaper owner, as I was alluding to. Look, I love President Lincoln for a lot of reasons. My son kind of turned me on to him. My son, who is uh, you know, one of the most well-read people I know, uh, and I obviously he's the greatest son ever because he's mine. I'm yeah, kidding, but... Go. Yeah, but anyway, he's a, he's a tremendously well-read, smart uh, kid who is you know very objective about the way he views things, and he's good at analysis. Uh, Naval Academy graduate, served as a marine, serving uh, served as a marine officer. Now he's a reserve unit. Uh, but my concern in reading a lot about Lincoln, and again, my son kind of turning me on to some of this stuff, is you know Lincoln was at a critical point where we thought this was the end of the United States in the 1800s, the Civil War, you know, terrible situation. And we had a leader emerge. We had somebody who emerged at the right time who was able to grasp that leadership. And one of the things that I find so interesting about Lincoln is when you read him, he was just a regular guy. He was a party official. You know, he kind of worked his way. He was a one-termer in the right. House of Representatives. But, what, but, he, but he rose to the occasion. And one of his enduring themes was, we are a self-governing constitutional republic. And Lincoln's question was always, can we be self-governing? Can we do it? Can we continue to do that? Because the authoritarians are at the gate. They're already infiltrated, as you just identified. All these elites, they want to control us. We got a nice preview. The silver lining in COVID is you get to see what they're doing and what they're going to do to us and how they want to control our lives. And I think some people realize, wow, this is what it's like to not have freedom. I had a more acute feeling about that living in a communist country and 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 knowing, you know, the scariness of having police and having the police run mm-hmm. state. And, and uh, we have, you know, the brilliance of our founders in creating a civilian command. Uh, and, you know, I, obviously the founders knew that enlightened statesmen would not always be at the helm, which is what we have right now. We have a Joe Biden who's, you know, has always been a talentless, uh, lying, uh, un- unqualified person to really be anything. Who now we're finding out we always presumed it, but now we have more evidence that this guy is actually uh, this guy Joe Biden is actually you know in a position where he could have used and we think he probably used his position in government to enrich himself and his family, and uh, here he is you know compromised by our greatest adversary China, taking advantage of some of the corruption that occurred in Ukraine. And we're in this point where, I mean, can we be self-governing with someone like this at the top? And why is Joe Biden our president? For a couple of reasons. Number one, the Democrats did not want to have Bernie Sanders as the standard bearer for their party because he was leading in the polls in the run-up to the election of 2020. He's not even a registered Democrat. He's a self-proclaimed communist. He is now the head of the Budget Committee. The most important legislature in the world is run by a communist. And now we see sort of the pieces coming together. This is who we've got running our government. And then you've got a guy like Bernie Sanders there, and you've got the Democrats all of a sudden scrambling, getting Amy Klobuchar to step out, Pete Buttigieg, everybody got out all of a sudden in one day. And then this propped up version of, uh, you know, old Joe, you know, regular old Joe gets put in, you know, a media creation gets in there because they can't have somebody that's a known communist running on their party line, but they're still operating behind the scenes. And Joe is literally a puppet, as you described earlier.
1: Joe Biden is, is the perfect puppet. Uh, he is also a greedy puppet and, of course, has, has uh, corruption all around him uh, and most of it uh, of his design or his son, Hunter, or his brother, James, design. He, there's no question that the laptop is for real. Even the New York Times and the Washington Post, it took the Post 500 days, but they finally acknowledged that they were at least silent actors in a an effort to deny the American people their right to know about a presidential candidate. And you know what else stuns me is Bill Barr, who President Trump has called a weak man, Uh, but never weaker than in the moment in which he acknowledged in his book that he knew that Biden was lying uh, when he said what he did about the laptop itself. And he knew, in all likelihood, since he knew that, uh, that 50 veterans of the CIA and our intelligence community and five former directors of the CIA were lying when they said it was Russian disinformation, this has been uh, for, since at least 2015, when Donald Trump entered the race, till this m- very moment, this has been a, a, a disinformation effort. It has been a plot to overthrow a president, to take control of a country uh, that probably has called itself a constitutional republic, the world's greatest democracy. Well, there isn't anything democratic about it as 2020 demonstrated, because as this new documentary, uh, Rigged, points out, that election was rigged long before Election Day. And it was rigged by the Democrats who outsmarted the Republicans, to your point. And the Republicans are not only gutless, and I'm talking about the rhinos, they're gutless, but they're also not very damn bright.
0: Yeah, this is uh, unbelievable uh, that, of course, I lived this. Uh, my election, I was up 28,422 votes, and uh, we had to fight tooth and nail for almost 100 days directly with Mark Elias, who oh, I wow. hope sees justice someday. It's starting, the walls are starting to cave in on him. But he's the mastermind behind a lot of this, and they were able to take, as, you, as the movie points out, and I recommend the movie Rigged to everyone, and Absolutely. it's kind of a correlate. I don't know what the connection is with Molly Hemingway's book "Rigged," but it, you know the same title. But it's it's an amazing um, situation that happened, and and this is what's so frustrating for people who, uh, you know, know that something went wrong, and this is why they're so clever, and why I could see what was happening in my uh, my race. And I'll tell you, Governor Cuomo used the pandemic as an excuse to create an online database, and that online database had no verification process. So they could basically scour the, uh, the rolls in New York State and get voters out. And they were solicited uh, by these outside groups. And, and the Center for Tech and Civil Li- Civic Life was uh, oh this not-for-profit you know, created by Mark Zuckerberg and uh, uh, Tina Epps, uh, who was the one who ran the Obama administration. Very smart woman. And they knew exactly what they were doing. They were able to take that money uh, through a nonprofit, provide these grants to key election areas in key swing states. They knew they weren't going to win, you know, certain states, and they. but they knew that Georgia and, and uh, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Arizona, they knew these are critical areas in Georgia. Fortune was spent in Georgia because they knew that was going to be a tough race. The money was run through this not-for-profit, it was laundered through, basically is a better way of putting it, a 501c3. And that money went to, 99% of it went to electioneering or vote harvesting, as I call it, not to PPE, which is what they said it was for. And they were able to prime the pump and get that money out and make sure that they squeaked Joe Biden over the finish line. So if you look at these key swing states, this election came down to 42,000 votes out yeah. of 330 million t- people, it came down to 42,000 votes, and they were able to squeak him across the finish line using this, uh, this which, which, which it looks unethical. The question that, that President Trump and that all of us are, the problem we have is technically it isn't what you would call fraud under the legal definition that a judge could weigh in on. So it, it's wrong. It shouldn't have been allowed. The IRS should not have allowed it. It it happened, and we were too late. And the judges dismissed these cases, and a lot of people were very upset about it, including me. But it really wasn't. And judges tend to be risk averse, and they tend to, you know, look for a precedent to bail out on. Generally, Mm -hmm. there's not that many brave souls out there. There's some, but you know, so we ended up having the situation where the Democrats created this narrative of there was no widespread fraud, and I even heard Bill Barr say no widespread fraud. But there was gross irregularity and gross manipulation of the system, which is what they did using this $400 million from a basically Mark Zuckerberg, a big tech oligarch in the United States to try to make sure that Joe Biden won. In addition, I think one of the other things that you just mentioned, those 51 intelligence officers who signed a letter putting out false information, knowing that that laptop was legitimate and it wasn't Russian disinformation. Those people should all seek justice as well. This is the kind of stuff that and I and why Bill Barr let this thing go. He had time. We knew from December and January that this was happening. Now I demanded the nine nineties of the Center for Tech and Civil Life or, or Civic Life that they disclose where this money was spent. Well, I didn't get it until December of last year, a full year after the election was over. Right. And so what a lo- it's frustrating because like for me, I was able to squeak out and, and win by 109 votes after being up 28,000. And I'll tell you what they did in my race, which a lot of people don't realize. Not only um, were we registering voters in January, registering, talking about re- new registrations of voters in January, those votes were counted in January of 2021 for an election that occurred in November 2020. And thankfully, we were able to squeak across the finish line and still win that. That's what the kind of stuff that they get away with. Those are the laws we need to pass to make it illegal. And it's almost impossible to do that in states where, uh, like New York, where the Democrats are going to make it impossible for us to manage these elections, which is why I put in the N. Zuckerberg Act, which would, on the federal level, make sure that no uh, not-for-profit or any kind of uh, organization like the Center for Tech and Civic Life that was Mark Zuckerberg's laundering scheme could be used to manipulate our elections. It would be an interference with elections and an interference with the state's ability to to administer elections.
1: So you are a warrior, uh, if you will, in the trenches right now, running against big money, both the Democratic Party and the Rhinos who want to destroy you.
0: Uh, I You know, a lot of the Right now, I don't. Uh, I, I've actually beat back a lot of the Republicans who've tried to take me out. I think we've, we've uh, I don't know, we've kind of scared away about 13 or 14 people already this cycle. I still have one more that I, that I may end up in a, a small primary with. But in the past, I'd never been endorsed by the Republican Party. Uh, and I was not endorsed when I won in 2016. There was a three way race that I was actually able to win with the least amount of resources. But uh, we had a really strong uh, grassroots effort and we worked hard to tell the truth. I was talking about uh, fair trade, uh, not necessarily free trade. We were talking about the loss of American jobs and our ability to manufacture uh, a lot of those things that were not actually um, they were not actually things that were uh, something that Heritage and other you know, conservative groups liked. Uh, but I was in a community where I could they see, hate, you know, they IBM, them. we have everybody and they're gone. Where is everyone? Yeah. You know, Oneida Limited was founded in my district. Everybody worked at Oneida. Oneida was, uh, went bankrupt and they took off. So I started this Made in America thing in my first term in uh, the assembly in 2010. And I had to beat the Republican county chairman. And I had never been endorsed again uh, by my home county and, f- and not for Congress in 2016 <laughs> either. And then I finally won. And then, of course, they, they you know, found a way to redistrict me and, They beat me back in 2018 and I won again in 2020, you know, with the after, you know, with the onslaught of Zuckerberg. So it's been a struggle. But, you know, my feeling is I kind of have this newspaper truth thing in my heart. I like transparency. I like truth. And I want the citizens to know that they are the government. It is not we are self-governing. And it's so important that people understand that you've got to get involved in government. You have to be part of this process or we're going to lose our self-governance
1: well I, I think you know i I applaud I applaud you in all respects uh, I think I heard you saying you were Trump before Trump uh, <laughs> well
0: it's, it's funny you say that because uh, I one day I was I was talking about all this uh, these issues and Trump decided you know Trump was in the running and uh, I was on a radio show and uh, one of the radio hosts said, well, basically you're like Trump before Trump and I said, well I, don't, I mean I was doing these things I could see <laughs> these things I wasn't the first one well, so what did the Democrats do? They turn this into this, you know, negative. She, you know, she's obnoxious and a bully like Trump and everything Uh, else. They took all the worst of Trump and tried to apply it. But it was the policies. And that's why when Trump came along, it was like a a eureka hallelujah moment for upstate New York. He was very popular, very well received and still is. You can drive around upstate New York and uh, and see Trump signs still uh, Trump 2024, make voting great again, all kinds. of. I mean, he's still very popular. And a lot of people you know, look at President Trump and they, you know, sometimes they say he made some unforced errors. You know, sometimes he might make cringeworthy statements. Sometimes he's a little rough and a little, uh, you know, maybe a little crude for for people. But, you know, you're from New York. We're from, you know, he's from Queens. But what people yeah. care about in the end is someone that makes promises and keeps them and somebody that stands for all these forgotten people all across our country and especially in upstate New York who, who very much reflect that. And I think, People will forgive Trump for some of the, you know, maybe the unforced errors he makes because he is not one of the insiders. He's not one of the elite. He's brave. He, he's we're not risk averse, which so many politicians are. And you talked about our woke military. A lot of our military is risk averse as well. We need to be more courageous and and uh, and and find that that strength and resolve that our the patriots have, who were able to leave the the British and fight them off. Uh, you know, totally under over you know overwhelmed and still we were somehow able to save this country yeah
1: we're trying to save the country and we've got uh, in many cases uh, we're surrounded by weaklings or we're <laughs> surrounded by uh, venal evil uh, uh, characters uh, and you've mentioned uh, a couple of names but we have to be able to have some trust in our government and we can't do that. We can't even trust our government. And I'm going to ask you this question because it it's really, I think, important for the audience because you're very bright. You're a terrific representative of your district and the American people. I wonder how much the Republican Party has said to you in your own uh, counties, your own district, uh, from your state organization, We've got this election nailed this time. There's not going to be any of this nonsense with mail in ballots. There's not going to be any ballot harvesting or ballot trafficking, uh, as some put it. And I think that's a great expression as well. Uh, because this fraud, I say, I think there's great fraud all the way around. Because we saw in Pennsylvania uh, a, a classic case uh, of a Republican party, a Republican Party led legislature, a state legislature who had added the authority over the election ran from it. The state Supreme Court in Pennsylvania ran from that, that rigged election. And there were just so many issues that could have been focused on. But in your district, in your experience right now, has the Republican Party worked? I, I mean, at warp speed and with great velocity, to fix the electoral system uh, in your district.
0: Well, thank you for the great compliments. But here I'm. In some cases, yes, and in, in many cases, no. My biggest concern is I started the Election Integrity Caucus. Uh, I did that uh, because I realized what was happening. I, I was uniquely in a position where. I saw what they were doing and I saw what was legal. Some was fraud, some was not. And I saw a lot of uh, conflagration, a lot of like people conflating what was really happening and you know trying to bring some simple reality to this. But it's interesting. A lot of people, especially the rhino types, and some people in leadership uh, will say, oh, you know, I, I'm like, why don't you join my election integrity caucus? I have over 60 members of the caucus. One of the first ones to join was Ronnie Jackson, great American. Uh, great. We, the, they, people who know how hard this is and how much we have to fight tooth and nail. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't really feel like we need to deal with this issue. It's not polling near the top. And I was like, it is polling near the top or the top all over the country with the base, with everyone. And if it's not polling at the top, that means you're not messaging correctly. You're allowing the Democrats to message you away from what they're trying to do. The, the Democrat misinformation campaign is out there, and we can't just sit there and say, "Let's not talk about it," because we don't. We then it'll go away. They don't. They want it to go away. They want us to back down and not fight on this. And that's why you know keep bringing up Hillary Clinton claiming her election, uh, her election wasn't won. Keep bringing up the fact that Stacey Abrams claim that she never lost and now she's running for re-election. Let me tell you the latest statistics coming from Scott Rasmussen. 84% of all voters of all ages and demographics and all parties, all 84% support photo ID to vote. Right, Stacey Abrams suddenly is for photo ID. These are issues, we can find those 80-20 issues and make sure they don't cheat again and they don't commit Partial fraud and, and impartial fraud, and I have people say to me, you know, just honestly, like, there was a lot of earnest people out there who tried to do a lot, but they're like, look, we don't want to get into this election integrity issue. You know, it's it's all it's just your race or it's just New York. They, I was on a call with an election integrity group out of South Dakota. In South Dakota, one of the election commissioners discovered that there was a trailer, uh, and I won't name the name of the town because um, I can't remember it, but I could find it. There was a trailer, in a small, uh, you know, mobile home that had 1,400 people registered there. And those 1,400 so-called people voted in the election. This is not confined to New York City or New York State or just the blue states. This is happening everywhere. And by the way, we've had election issues throughout our uh, our country's founding. The reason we have good laws and laws in place is there's a couple of things people need to know about elections. Number one, you have to have free elections. They have to be fair. But you also have to make sure the reason we have so many of these Uh, laws in place is because our right to vote, not only is it sacred, it's private. The government cannot know how we voted. And that's why we go through so many steps to make sure that our identity is concealed. All the things, the slipshod stuff the Democrats did last year, and with all these voting, they completely undermine the identities of these people out there who wanted to vote. And that's why you don't get one citizen, one vote. That's why you get non, you know, illegal immigrants or non-citizens voting. You get multiple people voting, uh, you know, one person voting multiple times because they're undermining our right to vote. And that's why it's so important that that's why these rules are in place. It's not about the Republicans suppressing the vote and we need to fight back on that. But I I do think you're right though. A lot of the sort of weak-willed Republicans, the people, they don't want to bring up it, bring it up because, oh my God, some Democrats are going to bring up January 6th and call me an insurrectionist and call me a seditionist, but nobody's going after Maxine Waters or uh, Pramila Jayapal. They all objected to the election when uh, when Republicans were elected. They didn't. They're not called insurrectionists or people trying to undermine the integrity of the election. They're not being called out by Liz Cheney and others and Adam Kinzinger about the fact that you know we've had a lot of problems in elections, and ninety percent of them are because of Democrats and. And we're always over hyper focused on the one or two times you find a Republican doing something. That's my biggest concern: is that people are afraid to talk about it. That's why the election integrity caucus. We look into these issues. We analyze them every week. Uh, last week we had Hogan Gidley, Scott Rasmussen, Ken Blackwell on our show. We've had uh, people from all across the country on the show. We've had Molly Hemingway. You know, really interesting. We had Secretary of State Gardner from New Hampshire. Right. Right. Interesting with him. Did you know that? He is. Uh, he just retired. He's been the. He was the uh, Secretary of State since 1976. He's a Democrat. Totally opposed to early voting. Totally opposed to late absentee voting and, and all that. That uh, in, in New Hampshire, they'd announce under their constitution they must announce the winner of the election on election night. Although they're trying to change that law. But when he of was course. Secretary, he joined our caucus and agreed with us. He agrees with getting rid of H.R. 1 and H.R. 4. So there are Democrats out there who understand how important election integrity is.
1: I suspect that even Mark Elias understands it. It's what they do about it that gets (laughs) interesting. Uh, As uh, Stalin said, you know, he doesn't care who votes so long as he is the one doing the counting. And we saw a great example of it in 2020. Uh, A rigged election, uh, in my opinion, uh, a disgrace to the nation. And I'm afraid uh, that the Republicans bear almost as much responsibility as the Democrats for what they permitted to happen uh, in 2020. I, I, I want to say, it, it's. I, I want to close here with a discussion just to uh, Briefly on the Hunter Biden laptop and how it reached to the news organizations. You've been in, uh, you've had uh, editorial uh, businesses, and uh, you know how it works a newspaper. Uh, the entire industry right now seems like the most corrupt institution uh, imaginable that is supposed to be a watchdog, is supposed to have the highest and noblest uh, of uh, values and standards. Uh, They are nothing more than disinformation outlets, uh, propaganda uh, units of a a corporation uh, doing what the masters in the boardroom and the CEO's office say do, whether it's Disney telling ABC News how it goes, or whether it's Comcast telling, uh, uh, excuse me, NBC uh, News. Uh, Or now I'm not quite sure how it's going to work at Discover, Warner Brothers and CNN, but it's it's disgusting. Uh, Your thoughts on on Hunter Biden's laptop and the fact that none of the media, with the exception of in in primary colors, the New York Post had the guts to bring that story to the forefront.
0: Yeah, kudos to Miranda Devine for really digging in and putting that out and uh, yep. just disgusting that they were that at a key point in an election that Twitter and, and other social media outlets would you know, cut that off and also use the, you know, the, the excuse of those so-called 51 former intelligence agents who were blatantly lying. And President Biden, when he was president, uh, when he was a candidate, was saying all this stuff. Uh, yep. You know, he was going on about how it was Russian disinformation. I'm not even sure he knows what you know, he really knew what he was saying, but he was reading lines off of a teleprompter to the best that he could. Uh, so, you know, my biggest concern is that right now, uh, I think that the glimmer of hope here is that why after 14 months, uh, when this, on, this laptop was unearthed, did the New York Times suddenly decide, I think we got to cover this? Then they legitimize it. Then the Washington Post does what do you think is happening? I just saw some numbers today. The Biden administration is 70% of the American people now pull, that's just a record number, disapprove of their handling, of his handling of the economy. I don't know why it's not 90%, but whatever. 70% right. is the record number. Why do you think that all of a sudden they're coming out? I think they realize that this guy is a drag on their party, on, the, on their side, and they need to figure out a way to get rid of him. And they need to distance themselves. You don't see democrat candidates running to get the endorsement of joe biden i mean nobody's trying to get in there and i think they're trying to figure out a way to because uh, i don't think that they're well-intentioned I, I i mean i wish they were uh maybe they feel maybe there's a, a glimmer of we got to deal with this issue somehow but no. i do feel like they are calculating that there's some way that they've got to manipulate this because they they've got to figure out a way to move Joe out and figure out what they're going to do next and how they're going to like uh, change the situation. And I, I really do. I hate to be so cynical about it, but that's my concern is that we are, if it weren't for the New York post and the, and the fact that we have some freedom uh, through social media and other areas, which were, you know, that's where they, they realized that social media was out of their control. So the big tech, all olig- you know, the big tech oligarchs got the the signal, you know, from a lot of the networks, and they were able to shut us, you know, shut a lot of people down, which is censorship. But I do think that maybe the New York Times and others, were, you know, are revealing something else in their plan. But I don't think they're ever going to really, you know, be on our side or really care about truth and transparency. I They never have. No, nope, um, and they're not going to oppor-
1: change.
0: The opportunity, if we can crack down on big tech and the American people can find people like you and people like others who are have nothing in the, in the in the game other than to save America. You know, that's how I view myself. I mean, what am I getting from this? I could make a lot more money not doing this. The retirement isn't anything worth, I'm not even, ha- I'm not even eligible for retirement, but I care so much about this country. You know, I, my grandparents came in as immigrants and that's why I think we need to continue to fight as patriots, be happy warriors. A lot of people want to be just give up and throw in the towel and say, everybody in Congress should be removed. That's not true. There's a lot of really good members. Let's just keep getting people on message, keeping keeping them on the task and not being afraid to stand up and, and have a voice. Uh, and then they're, you know, that they need to stand up for truth now. I mean, look at, I explain every single vote I take in Congress, because I know that all these ridiculous bills are named in such a, you know, the Democrat have have great, Democrats have great names. And they always run these ad campaigns. Claudia Tenney voted against, you know, this. Well, I, I explain every vote why I voted no on something. What the bill's really about? Uh, it's on. It's. It's. You can get it on my website. You can, on my official website. You can go to Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Everywhere we put out, we put a lot of time into our bills. We do transparency, and everywhere I can, I try to at least do an op-ed, a press release, or get as much information to the public as I can about what's happening in Washington, what they need to be uh, advised on, what they need to know the truth, and what they need to know about making a decision as a citizen who is responsible and has a responsibility to be knowledgeable about being part of our self-governing co- country. And, and that's what so many people don't understand, the concept of self-governance. And so I try to, when I meet students, you know, I try to give them examples of what it's like if you don't have the ability to decide what happens. And I do think a lot of the good things are happening, though. I'll tell you a real positive, I think, and, and I'll close on that, is that I think people are waking up at the school board level. They're starting to see what happens when they just leave it to chance of what's happening with their children, and they found out what's going on. And I think the parents are getting very involved in school boards. Uh, you see people who are standing up and winning these races. You see a miracle like Glenn Youngkin running on the school issue, winning a blue blue state now like Virginia. And I think this is where people need to understand at the very, very grassroots level, self-governance is the way that we're going to cure this. But in order to be self-governing, in order to understand civics, you need to to know what our government stands for. And so many people don't.
1: Yeah, I, I think all of that is true. And I want to say to you how much I've enjoyed our discussion today. And I want to also let you know that this, uh, this podcast, uh, we're, we're, we're sort of straightforward. It's all about truth, justice, and the American way. It's no more complex than that. And the reality is exactly what you just said. I, and I say on this podcast almost every day that the place where you have the greatest influence with your vote with your presence, your citizenship is in your community and be sure that you're engaged. It's a participatory democracy and Republicans have neglected to fulfill their responsibilities. It's time we do so and it's time we do so with great energy and diligence. And Claudia Tenney, Congresswoman from New York, you're a great example for all of us, a great American. And we thank you for being with us here. Our convention is We always leave uh, this broadcast with our guest and the last word. You get the last word.
0: Well, thank you so much. It's a tremendous honor to be on with the great Lou Dobbs and uh, really great to talk with you about how important it is to save this country and just how grateful I am to you for standing up and continuing to do this when I know you could be enjoying all your time on your horse farm uh, and having a wonderful time. But it's so important that everyone uh, participates and everyone is willing to learn and willing to understand how important, how we need to take this country back. And so it's great that you're out there. And I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about what I've been up to. And uh, anyone can uh, find out more. You can go to Claudia at ClaudiaForCongress.com. Or if you want to know about votes, I explain every vote, tenny, uh, dot house dot gov. So every representative votes on all the same bills. So if you want to go see how I voted, you can compare that to your representative uh, and yep. see if they're explaining their votes. But I really am grateful for the opportunity to speak with you in just sort of a free-form uh, discussion. It was really enjoyable for me, and uh, I hope the audience uh, will appreciate it.
1: I'm sure they do. And we, uh, we look forward to our next, uh, our next conversation, uh, Congresswoman Tenney. And again, uh, a great American, and God bless you. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. Our guest tomorrow is the man whose life was changed forever when Hunter Biden walked into his computer shop and asked him to repair and recover the contents of his laptop, actually three laptops. Our guest is John Paul McIsaac, who will be with us to tell the incredible tale about the contents of his laptop, his efforts to alert and engage law enforcement agencies, national security agencies. He tried to talk to members of Congress, attorneys, and some in the national media. This is an amazing story that you do not want to miss, as big tech, social media, and the federal government in the fall of 2020 brought down a curtain of darkness, deceit, and isolation that kept the American people from learning the truth about the laptop from hell, as President Trump once called it. Please join us here tomorrow. For John Paul McIsaac, we want to invite you to sign up for our Great America show advisory and newsletter. Simply go to Ludobs.com, that's Ludobs.com, and click on the email newsletter button. It's as simple as that. And we'll send you our advisories and alerts, as well as our weekly newsletter, I don't want to overstate anything, but I'm pretty sure you will absolutely sense at least a small positive change in your world outlook. We invite you to join us and stay in touch. Thank you. That's Ludobs.com. Thanks. God bless you, and God bless America.